Welcome to Story Hooked, where we love reading and hooking you on books that make us happy. Okay, we are so excited. We <laughs> we have been so hyped for this for a really long time because today we get to interview one of our favorite authors of all freaking time. Oh my gosh. Um, Hannah Witten was with us on the podcast today. If you haven't heard of her, hey. we're digging you out of that hole, taking the rock off. And <laughs> she has written three books. She's written the For the Wolf and For the Throne duology. And tonight we get to talk about her third book that comes out next year, uh, The Foxglove King, which is the first in a trilogy. Right, Hannah? Yeah. It's three. Amazing. Three. And... Lynette and I were really spoiled because we got to read it and we lost our minds. So the fact that Hannah is talking to us about it tonight, we are just, we're, we're, we're very psyched. We're very excited to be here. We are so excited. And what is, you've, we've got to give you a little bit of background here because <laughs> Hannah has always been so, just like such a special author to us because when we, and Hannah, you don't know this, so we're going to tell you this right now too. Um, we're going to so crush when, all over you today. <laughs> major crush on our queen. Um, when we first started this podcast, we were in a Barnes and Noble. We were holding Hannah's first book in our hands. We were holding For the Wolf. On its it release a, week. It was too, its like release it week. Yes. It oh, had just Lord. come out. It had just come out. And this is when we decided we should do this podcast thing and let's read this book. That was the book that Aww. brought us together. We started reading it and we started this podcast. And if you know this, our first podcast episode is all about For the Wolf. And so it's just like, it's almost poetic. We've come full circle because we started it with Hannah and now you're here with us. Hannah's here with us. <laughs> yeah, it's so Aww. special. You are so... It makes me so warm and fuzzy. <laughs> it makes me warm and fuzzy, too. Good. Lynette and I have known each other forever, but we went through a period of years where we just got really busy with, like, yeah, school yeah. and babies and all those things. And we both just really missed... Yes, it sucks you in. And you're... <laughs> we, I feel like we had the yeah. same moment when we were like, hey, I miss reading. Do you want to read this with me? It looks cool. Let's read it. Yeah, also, yeah. should we, like read tons of things <laughs> also should we also <laughs> yes yes um that. yeah so that just makes this really special for us so thanks for being here with us hannah we are so excited thanks we all having me i'm so excited awesome I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yay <laughs> maybe maybe we could start out could you tell us a little bit about how your journey as an author like began like was that yeah. something you always knew you wanted to do or like how did that desire and then like the the journey into that kind of go? So it was something that I kind of always just assumed that I was going to do whenever I was a kid and, you know, didn't know how any of it actually worked. <laughs> I um, had always been a huge reader from a very, very early age. And that for me, at least just kind of naturally led into wanting to tell my own stories and like like we were talking about before we started recording about how whenever that's something that you want to do and like something that you're kind of naturally led into like your first few attempts are basically just like fan fiction of the things that are very formative to you so i did a lot of that in my like very early youth like elementary school where i was writing you know like self-insert lord of the rings fan fiction um 
there was like a randomly a period where I wrote a lot of like Robin Hood stuff. Oh and gosh. I don't really know why. <laughs> I guess I was just really into like the Disney movie. That's awesome. Uh, made in font, not the best of all of us. Um, so, um, that was always just kind of something that I did for fun to like entertain myself. Um, right. And my friends, like I would share it with friends, you know, before you really get that shame gene that kicks you out over your like when you're really young and you're just like, I think this thing is cool and you should all look at it before you like hit puberty and you're like, actually, no one look at it ever. <laughs> That's being right. Or you're like, simultaneously, like, everyone read this and also nobody read it. Exactly. You're like, everyone read this and just never talk to me about it, actually. It's like, we'll just sit in this mutual understanding that I know that you read it, but we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> so there was that. Um, and so it was always part of my life and always something that I really enjoyed doing and like if someone would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up I would tell them that I wanted to be an author but I never like started looking into how one actually makes that happen I guess I just assumed that it like happened in the vacuum so you know then I uh went to college and got a degree in not authoring and <laughs> got married and I still would write just for fun sometimes, but it wasn't um, something that I was like pursuing. It was just whenever yeah. I got the urge and had an idea, I would write a little bit. Um, and it wasn't actually until after I had uh, my daughter and dropped back to working part-time versus full-time and just, you know, found myself with time um, that I started writing the book that would eventually become For the Wolf. It's the second full-length book that I'd written, but the only one that was even a little bit good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, and I did not write it necessarily with the intention of pursuing publication. It was just kind of like a for me project, like the same way that I had treated writing my whole life, where it's like, this is just a fun thing for me to do. It was, again, just a fun thing for me to do. And it wasn't until I had a full draft and like was reading like, it back. This is and I was, kind of good. Like, I feel like there's something here. And that's whenever I started, you know, doing a Google, like, how does one make books? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, that's pretty much exactly how, how it works. I had a very small child at this time, so I was, like, not sleeping. <laughs> and it all just kind of yeah, happened in the, like, yeah. sleep-deprived space. We relate. Um, so yeah. much happens in those, like late night hours and your brain is just like what yeah. if i of <laughs> like feeding your child in the middle of the night yeah for the book even came about is like it was like one of those middle of the night feedings where you're just like sitting in the dark <laughs> and i'd wanted for a while to kind of poke at something that was inspired by red riding hood mm -hmm. um and so the first thing for the book that I ever wrote was that like the first daughters for the throne the second daughters for the wolf little tagline thing like in the notes yeah. app of my phone that's like, the first thing you wrote oh yeah that's, that's what inspiration. Else kind of from that um so I wrote it in my phone and then like you know tried to go to sleep and didn't really think anything of it but I was looking at it the next morning I was like I think I could do something with this <laughs> that that is, um, this yeah. note on my phone smells like a bestseller I think I can tell <laughs> <laughs> it was weird um and it was the fastest i'd ever written something also wow. um which yeah. a lot of it I, because of like having the time to do it but it was one of those things that once i kind of sat down and started 
doing it with no outline, no idea how it was actually going to turn out. It was just discovery writing from the jump. Um, but it just came really easily. Like I always, there was never a moment of stopping and being like, I wonder what should come next. Like, it was like, I always, it was always moving. Mm. Yeah. And that version of the book is light years different from the version that was actually published. Like it went through, I, I rewrote it from the ground up at least three times. Um, wow. Which I guess like segues into the next part, which is Hannah figures out how to make book and then let's do the thing. Um, <laughs> that was, weird like the first it, this was like 2015 2016 and so the first thing the internet told me to do was like you should join twitter and so oh, i did no. <laughs> <laughs> and so i joined it's like one of those double-edged sword things because like i don't twitter now and it has uh, is very different now for what it was then but I am like thankful for it because I met a lot of people and it was kind of how I figured out the way the industry works. So mm -hmm. there's that, um, you know, good and bad to all things, but, uh, I didn't know how to revise. So that was something that I had to learn how to do for me. Revising was like a glorified spell check where you just kind of like go, you read through it. And you're like, well, I like that sentence, but I don't like this one. So I'll change it. And there, then, then it's revised. No, that's not how that works. So, <laughs> I had this hot mess of a manuscript that I didn't have know what to do with. And like a couple days after I joined Twitter and like was trying to look through all the hashtags and stuff, um, pitch madness was happening. Oh yeah. Which, yeah. So like that was the thing, which was kind of like a precursor to pitch wars whenever like the Twitter pitch things were really big. And so I entered, I did not get in surprise, surprising no one. Um, but I did meet Aaron Craig. Who, no way. Um, yeah, I've yeah. watched a live between you guys when I think you talked about this yeah. and like how you guys met. Yeah, so we both had entered Pitch Madness and she she knew more than me. <laughs> she she knew how to make books because um, she had like done stuff before. So we kind of got hooked up because we were both um, entering with fairy tale retelling. Um, hers at the time was a Peter Pan one. And then mine was wolf. Um, and so we exchanged manuscripts and she didn't like run screaming from mine, which is amazing. <laughs> Instead, she like hold on tight to those people. They're precious. <laughs> yeah. I you. We she's still like my one and only alpha reader. Um Wow. And so she oh god, Microsoft Teams just opened up on my computer for no goddamn reason. Okay, I'm sorry. You're good. <laughs> anyway. Technology. <laughs> like, this is a good moment. Hi. <laughs> um, okay, so she wrote me, like, a full-on edit letter for this book. And, which, you know, God bless Erin. She deserves all the edible arrangements for doing that. And um, so I did, and I revised it, and I made it actually make sense, which is, you know, good. Um and then that version I entered Pitch Wars with. I got into Pitch Wars and rewrote the entire thing for Pitch Wars. And I had originally written the book as New Adult because it was like right around the time that A Court of the Rose and Roses was getting really big. And like we all thought that New Adult was going to be a thing because originally mm -hmm. um, that first book was like published under the New Adult banner. And so that's 
And I was like, well, this is kind of like on the level of what I'm doing, where it's kind of like a crossover between YA and adults. So I feel like that's where this will fit. Um, but in uh, Pitch Wars, they were like, so this actually isn't going to be a thing. So we, like, you should either revise it down to be YA or revise it up to be adult. We think it would do best in YA. So I was like, okay, Interesting, I'll because it's such a good yeah. adult no, book. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah I'm like, wait. What? Who said that? Okay. I have a lot of like weird. They was wrong. I have a lot of like weird thoughts about how the age categories in publishing are like mostly arbitrary anyway, yep. and <laughs> accurate. And I do think that it was just because like it was when those like kind of fairy tale retellings that are heavy on the romance were kind of blowing up in that space. Right. So like, I under I understand the thought process, but right. so I age read down and uh took out some stuff tried to like streamline the story a little bit and make it less complex um and that's the version that i ended up signing with my agent with and we okay. actually went out on submission with it as a ya manuscript for like a year and it failed four acquisitions meetings which is like the very last step in like the process whenever you're like selling a manuscript to an editor at a traditional publishing house is it like it goes to the editor the editor reads it if they like it they pass it to people for like second and third reads if everybody's like yeah we like this book then they take it to an acquisitions meeting which is basically where they have to like convince the marketing people that it's going to make money wow. so it's, it's a lot a lot of stuff wow. um so yeah. for those meetings and each time they were like, we just don't feel like this is going to do well in the YA market because it feels too old. It's too complex. We just don't think it's going to have a space here. Um, which, you know, they were right. So um, my agent and I were like, she was like, hey, you want to jump on the phone? I was like, okay, this is going to be the talk where we're like, okay, this book is dead in the water. We need to like move on to the next one. But as we were talking, like, she didn't do that. And uh, I love my agent because she's very much, like, she's never wanted to be like, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. She's like, okay, so what, what would you, how would you like to move forward from this point? Mm. So I was like, okay, what if we just made it adult? She's like, you want to do that? I'm game. So I aged read back up. I put in some of the stuff I had taken out. I um, just kind of felt more freedom with, letting the book kind of be quieter and be a little bit slower and more of like an internal journey than an external one. Mm -hmm. um, which was another big piece of feedback that we got because like a lot of YA is very like adventure focused and yes. action and yeah, like very fast paced. And it just wasn't that kind of story. Um, and so once I kind of felt more comfortable to let it be that, and revised again with that in mind. Um, we took it out to adult imprints, and then it sold in like a month. So it was like, wow. okay, so it was always, yeah. Wow. Was always That's amazing. That's what I needed. It sounds stressful yeah. and amazing. I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm very thankful for it, looking back on it, because like, uh, not only was the book not ready in the iterations that it was in before, and it would have been in the wrong space had it been published YA. I, I also was not ready, <laughs> like right. to be to like take that on and be that public. So I'm glad that I um, had some years to kind of like learn the ropes and 
observe and kind of figure out how one how one does these things. <laughs> really kind of frustrating at the time, but I'm very sure. thankful for it now. For sure. It kind of sounds like um you got to write it the way you wanted to also. Like kind of got to come back yeah. to its true heart in a sense. Yeah. And it was it was weird like how cyclical that was because you know, like the first draft, writing it, not thinking about publishing and like trends and querying and how am I going to pitch this and that kind of thing. Um, I, I feel like ever since then, I'm still like chasing that because that's one of those things that uh, once once it's your job, you don't really get that back. Like yeah. once your eyes are open to everything behind the curtain, you don't get to unsee that. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. well, hang it. <laughs> Yeah, but it was nice to be able to kind of come back full circle to, like, uh, have an agent who was cool enough to, like, give me the freedom to be like, do it the way you want to do it, and we'll take that out and we'll see, and uh, very fortunate that that's the version of the book that ended up going somewhere. I feel fortunate, right. because I love this book so much. I know. I can't it's imagine so it. I can't Thank imagine it as, like, so a fast-paced YA. I'm like, no. I, no. I like what it is. It didn't work. Like, mm-hmm. even when I tried, it didn't work. <laughs> no. It's, 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 just, it's about feelings. Yes. It's about feelings, it's, okay? Yeah. It's about a deeper, it's the deeper stuff. It's so good. I, I love it's hearing great. the, I love hearing the process of that too, because we see that insider back things like what you went through, what, what For the Wolf went through, what all of these it's just yeah. I love getting like learning that that's how it came to be. It's like this is like it's almost like how do I say it? it sounds weird when I say it like this. It's like the birth story. Like that's so it's special. Birth story. Yeah. Yes, it's like it's your birth book's birth story. story. <laughs> it's the book's birth story. We're all moms. This makes sense. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that makes sense here. Speaking of like mom stuff too, like it, it comes as no surprise to anyone but like for the wolf is definitely a book about like grief and depression um and i was very very deep in a very bad like postpartum depression spiral when i was writing it um and it was kind of like the way that i escaped like i just desperately needed somewhere for my brain to go that was yes. not here um yeah. So, and that too is like why it's so trophy and kid driven is because it was just like, I'm going to take all of the things that give me a crumb of serotonin and I'm going to shove it in this book that is just for me. Um, And then you will read it and you will like it. (laughs) Yeah. It feels incredibly wild to me that it is like a thing that is out that people can read just because writing it and being with it and like the process of trying to get it out there was very fraught and personal and like something I didn't really like talk about in my like I would talk about it to like my husband and a few really good friends but because publishing is so weird and like in order to talk to anybody about publishing it's like I hope you have 45 minutes for me to explain to you how this batshit industry works and then we can talk about my feelings about it afterwards really talk about it like it was just very it was such a very contained thing for so long that it still feels very weird to like have it out and I just 
been very fortunate that um, it, like, for the most part, have reached people that have really connected with it. And that is extremely rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. So um, beautiful. I love that. Lynette and I shove for the wolf in the face of literally every person. Everybody. <laughs> and oh I, have yet, I have yet to meet a person that was not obsessed with it at the end. So. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone, everyone we've recommended it to has loved it. Like, I, I really can say that with full honesty. Even like my neighbor who down the street, I remember when she mm-hmm. finished for the wolf, she was like, she hit give back to me and she, she was like, you didn't tell me that it was the second book and then it wasn't out yet. How could you give it to me? I was like, oh, sorry, girlfriend. But then I like, <laughs> but I just want everyone to be obsessed too. We, yeah, we totally do that. It's the best. That is exactly how I felt. <laughs> that is exactly how I felt when we finished the Fox Glove King. Actually, this is a great segue because I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, so I was like, yeah. we made a mistake. Right. We made a mistake because we read it earlier before it comes out, and now I have to wait like a year and a half. Oh for this Maybe we should have apologized. <laughs> I mean, we knew we were getting into a trilogy, but it's like we got to the end, and I can't tell you, it's a little embarrassing how many times I have reread the last two pages. Oh, like as comfort food oh, for that. myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we shared in the ARC of it at first until we got two copies. And so I read it in th- like three days and then I was going down to see her. So I was like, I'll see. I don't usually read that fast. I'll see if I can get it to her in time. And then I just ended up canceling all social activities that weekend and inhaling it. I'm so sorry that I did that to y'all. By the Why? Way, like, Why? Oh, sorry for that. No, I felt so terrible because the first shipment of arts that I got, there was literally Oh, no, five. it's fine. Only five? <laughs> yeah, there was only five. Like, I got a bunch more now and now i'm like i've got to get rid of these <laughs> you literally asked if we wanted an arc never apologize for that. <laughs> um but i i didn't realize i was going to see lynette on like tuesday or something and i didn't realize like the emotional toll it was going to take to hand it to her and release it i have screenshots on my phone just in case i re- needed to reread the last chapter and but now i have it back because we got another copy and so now we both have one and i have mine right here Yay! I'm the ones with all the the dog ears because I was like, she's gonna want to look at this page and this page. The end was my favorite thing to write. Really? Like the epilogue. I it just made me very excited because I knew exactly what I wanted to do with the epilogue and like what kind of like the mic drop moment was gonna be with that. And so like whenever I finally got to it, I was like. <laughs> I told them that I'm like I have no chill. I'm in Hannah's DMs right now, and I'm asking all all the intrusive questions about book two. Made me so happy! I'm so thrilled that you love Gabe because I am I, Gabe. Yeah, it's just that. I knew writing Gabe particularly, and like I typically don't concern myself a whole lot with like making sure my characters are likable like I don't I don't really care if they're likable or not but Gabe particularly was one that I was like there's going to be strong feelings one way or the other Mm -hmm. on this guy um 
and like I've been tagged and stuff. It's like I loved everything about this except Gabe, who was the worst person in the world. What? And I'm like, oh, I loved him. <laughs> I, I loved him. Are you kidding me? What? It's one of those things. I, I think that it. I think it has a lot to do with like the experiences of the reader. I feel like I'm jumping. Yeah, I can see that. Also, I'm You're fine. always like. Oh, and this is the point where we remind people that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We're going to dive into it. So, that that said. (laughs) So, I knew that, I knew Gabe was going to be, like, controversial, I guess, for lack of a better term. But, and I knew that the way that people reacted to Gabe was going to have a lot to do with their personal experiences, particularly Mm. in, like, evangelical Christianity. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, so uh, he is an infuriating character because he is so self-righteous and so convinced that his way is the correct way, that there is no possible way that he who has studied from such a young age and been brought up in the church could possibly have a wrong idea about religion. And mm-hmm. even if there's things he doesn't necessarily agree with, in the end, it's got to be for the greater good. And I wanted there to be that kind of nuance with him like one of my favorite scenes in the book that isn't really like plot integral but um when Gabe and Laura are in the stone garden and having that um conversation about like the myriad hells and the shining realm and whether they actually believe in these things as they've been taught or whether they believe in it more as a metaphor or whether they think all of it is bullshit um and that was one of the more like cathartic scenes to really kind of hammer out and figure out um how I wanted it to go just because that is kind of your humanizing moment for Gabe where he's like well I don't necessarily believe that it's exactly this way but then he kind of turns the corner again and is like but we have to present it this way for reasons and there's good reasons for why we do this and all this stuff and it's just like he always he will get right up to the line of being like, okay, I think you're going to get it, and then retreat. Yes, um, multiple times. That is so true. You'd be like, yeah. come on, Gabe, and then you come back, you're like, come on, Gabe, oh, come on! Yeah, and, yes. like, I knew, and I knew that was going to be frustrating, and I knew that was going to make people not like him, um, but for the character and for what I wanted him to do in the story, and for the plans that I have for him later, that's where I needed him to be. And so... I've never, like, offended when people are like, I hate Gabe with every fiber of my being. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, okay. I did not hate him. This is, this is, I think, why. Um, for me, like, his journey felt less self-righteous. Well, it is. But the reason felt mm. so deeply emotional. It felt very rooted in the trust that he felt for people who he loved and who loved him. And so shifting his beliefs and shifting how he saw his faith, it read as a threat to how is this going to impact or hurt my relationship with people I love most? Exactly. And, and I I think that that is a theme that is really powerful. So Lynette and I are both people of faith. Like we, we both believe in God. But I think if, if, if God is something that you, or religion in general is something you value you're still going to come across this point in your life where you kind of have to figure out what is it i actually believe and i think that's Mm -hmm. a very relatable fear of being like if something shifts in me what does that mean like what does that mean about 
the memories I have with people I love. What does that mean about the trust that I have in certain things? And like figuring out how to navigate that is really, it's a very scary feeling, no matter if it's a big shift or a small shift. And I feel like that's very like, yeah, that was such an easy emotion for me to tune into. Please interrupt me. Um, Oh, I loved him so much for that. He felt so emotional and so personal. I loved him. Thank you. But I'm also obsessed with Bastion. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Like, like I was talking about how, like, Forever Wolf was me taking just all of the tropes that I loved and shoving them into one book. Bastion is that except one character. Mm. Like, he was just a joy. Like, every time (laughs) he would show up, he came so easily. Um, and he was just like quippy and awful. <laughs> He's I. I we've him. talked about how this book I feels so him. unapologetic for every character and every choice they make. Like this whole book is just like Thank we do you. not care. Like we're. <laughs> That's why the dedication. Okay, just really fast. I gotta just. Perhaps you write my favorite dedications, Hannah. When they're so beautiful, they mean so much to me, like on so many levels. But when you were like, for so for someone who just chose themselves, can we talk about how multiple people throughout your book it was it was the same theme, not just lore, but especially lore, of course. But just yeah. I love like the unapologetic. It was the unapologetic thing and seeing instead of sacrifice, being like, no, yeah. I'd like I'm to gonna live. be the hero. No, no, don't be the hero. You know how great that is? Like, I love that. Yeah. It was so good. And having, like, and just adding to what Mikhail was saying about, like, the religion thing, like, um, I think that people with a religious background are going to really relate to Gabe on that level. Like, I don't know. Me and Mikhail really related to him and just loved him. Um, so I don't know. It's like everyone's, everyone's experience is going to be different, but I don't know. That's just, like, we shared so much in common with that. So we adore him. And I also yeah. will say that um, just with Gabe and with Bastion, because I love both of them so much. I was texting Whoever's Mikkel. talking is the one that I love most. Yes. I was <laughs> texting Mikkel. No, I, I can't. I'm texting Mikkel, and I'm like, Mikkel, I don't know who to, I, I don't know who to root for. I'm like, I don't know who to choose. I'm like, I love both. And I never, I'm never like that. I'm always very yeah. like. And she and I are often choice. opposite teams too. And yes. they're both like, Mikkel and I'm confused. Are, <laughs> why is this happening? Like, this is so not, or yeah. Oh, go ahead, Hannah. Yeah. I knew that if I was going to do a love triangle. Yes, that I about that. did not want it to be one of those where you can like tell who the winner is, like yeah. from the jump. Right. I was like yeah. if I'm gonna do it, I want it to be like I want it. I want it to be messy and really enmeshed. And you nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> I just like for everyone to have history and for it to just be a gigantic thorny mess that so no beautiful. one is going to like do well in. <laughs> I'm very scared. I do not know what's going to happen. I love we have this. so many we theories. Love it. Oh yeah, we, we have, have theories. We, we have, have raked through the theories, and we're very scared and excited. <laughs> yes, I cannot I wait would to ask see. They are, but I know that I can't hide my expression. Oh, <laughs> we'll be like, we'll be like, okay, you watch. I'll ask the question. Watch and Hannah's face. <laughs> we also have theories about the title of book three because I had no chill, and I was like, Hannah, is the title Ooh. of book two X Y Z? Please tell me. That's <laughs> yes, right. Um, yes. Hard. Like once you read like the epilogue, it's just like you know, hey, like once you get there, you're like, right okay, there. I see where we're going. Yes. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch yeah. you what my idea is after we stop recording. 
and the, you don't have to say it, but we are going to stare at your eyes. And- <laughs> like, I, feel, I don't think I'm allowed to tell you like on the podcast, but I'll tell you after because it's like, it's one that I can't like drop in as easily as I yeah, can okay. title for book two, but it still like makes sense. So, okay. And I'm really excited about it because I actually changed it because, like, my working title for it is not what I have, like, what it's oh, going to be. Interesting. I've been really lucky with titles um, and have not had, like, Orbit hasn't made me change any titles. So that's been nice. Because <laughs> that mm-hmm. is typically not how it goes. Right. They're like, no, this title. You're like, what? <laughs> you I got do. to pick it. You got to choose yeah, it. That's awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> You're like, I got this. Yeah. Like, this. <laughs> With the like, for anyone who chose themselves, that kind of thing. I, yes. I, I do feel like thematically, I'm kind of like taking, you know, the prism of religious trauma that I looked at in the Wilderwood books and kind of turning it to a different facet. And we're still talking about it, but like through a different lens now. Yeah. And so I had already kind of done like the self-sacrificial thing. Right. Um. So I knew I didn't want to do that again. Uh. I actually struggled with doing it in the Wilderwood books. Like, I changed the ending of Throne as I was drafting it um, just because, like, the ending that I ended up with felt more true to the characters. But I I struggled with the fact that it was kind of, like, your typical, like, give up your power, self-sacrificial ending, and that wasn't necessarily, like, the point that I wanted to get across, but I couldn't come up with another way that felt authentic. Mm, as a way yeah. to end that story so and I, and I really like the way that it turned out and like uh, even now I would I still make that choice thank you <laughs> like I, I would it. still make that choice now and I, do, I don't think like as much as you look back on stuff and you're like I would make I would tweak this I would do this differently like overall I would not change the trajectory of that but yeah. I very much knew that was not what I wanted to do now um so I having just an unapologetically selfish main character um, was kind of something I knew I wanted to do from the get-go. <laughs> right. And it was, again, like one of those choices that I knew was not going to resonate with everybody, but nothing does. <laughs> no, it does. It resonates yeah. people. It resonates, I promise. It totally yeah, does. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> as much as we're like, oh, I would be that person to like self-sacrifice, I'm like, for my kid but for the universe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like Laura's thing. Is it's like, it'd be different if she was being asked to sacrifice herself like for someone that she loved. Yeah. And I, I feel like, and, and you kind of get a little bit of that with like them talking about like Gabe and Bastion and how like if you care for these people then you'll do, then you'll die essentially. Right. Um, but at that point, she's like, I mean, they're okay, but I would like to live, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're real cute, but I didn't do it all that. <laughs> they're cute, but, like, not that cute. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I don't feel that much yet. And so, like, she's just not a person that the reasoning of, well, it's for the greater good. She's like, I don't give a shit about the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I love it. What has happened in my life that makes me want to sacrifice myself for all of you? You suck. <laughs> yeah, they weren't yeah. that great. They were pretty yeah. horrible. Well-written yeah. villains, by the um, way. All right. After a little tech glitch, which is very on brand for us, we are back in the game. Um, <laughs> and- 
And I wanted to know, because you talked a little bit on like your stories about the difference of writing um, the Wilderwood versus um, your trilogy, both like in tone and in terms of like, like writing a duology versus writing a trilogy. What's yeah. that like, like coming off the heels of Wildwood? Um, it's intimidating. Mm. I, I have always been intimidated by trilogies, like by the idea of writing one um, to the oh point gosh, where too. I was kind of like shocked with myself whenever I was like, I think this next idea is a trilogy because I had always <laughs> thought that I was not going to do that just because it sucks me out. Does it kind of make you mad? Um, You're like, I don't want it to be a trilogy. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that some of it was, um, some of it was because of the way that I structured it in my head, because like, as I have talked about before, the idea for Nightshade Crown kind of came about from being really mad at the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Please explain, because I won't oh, understand. No. I don't hear this. <laughs> and I, like, I will preface this with saying that, like, uh, things had, like, really, like, changed and grown from, like, the initial seed of the idea. Sure. So, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But it started from a discussion with a friend of mine after Rise of Skywalker came out, where we talked about how... Um, it could have worked as like the middle of a trilogy, but it didn't work as the ender of one. Mm. Okay. Um, where if you had started a trilogy, like if you had started with the last Jedi and then rise of Skywalker was like the middle film. And then you had something that wrapped it up. You could have still had like a satisfying character arc for Ray in mm. particular. Um, and how the whole, like, like, I prefer Ray Nobody, but I could get down with Ray Palpatine had it been something that seemed planned and had it been something that felt organic and not just like, we're going to shove this in because we want to put as many references to the original trilogy as we possibly can. Oh my gosh, sure. right? <laughs> yeah. So, and that got me to thinking about what that would look like. Okay, so if you have those two things kind of as the setup for... Um, like the first and the second installment in a trilogy like what would the third in that look like and kind of how you would structure that so like specifically with having a character who kind of comes from nowhere um, and it turns out that like they're the heir to this really like dark legacy that has been like prophesied and foretold and is like a big deal but they are still at heart like think of themselves as a scrappy nobody and like comport themselves wow. as a scrappy nobody um lore. so <laughs> lore yeah like, <laughs> yeah. and then um I, a bastion is kind of like the ben analog but not really uh and then gabe is just like there because i was like but what if there was a one-eyed hot monk <laughs> <laughs> sexy monk yeah baby <laughs> everyone goes like, yeah please i will always <laughs> take the opportunity to put like a conflicted religion man in there when i can <laughs> so it just oh, kind yeah. of sprung from that and i did not have the confidence in myself to like set it in space because that seems really intimidating <laughs> so i was like but what if it was like medieval-esque and kind of like a gunpowder fantasy mm-hmm. and then thing, we just went from there so i love it yeah so i think that's a lot of the reason kind of why i ended up structuring it as a trilogy it was just because that was where the thought process came from um that makes sense yeah yeah but before that and and because like i had the way that i thought about it was is like one inst- installment one installment two installment three Right. Um, gotcha. 
I uh, am very much li- like I'm never gonna write a series that I do not like have a very solid idea of like this is the first part this is the second part this is so on and so forth like I feel like things get really muddy really fast and that happened a lot like I don't think it happens as much now but there was a lot of like early publishing especially whenever like YA publishing was first a thing where it was like a book would come out and be really popular and they were like why don't you make it a series and then people would do that and it was like things would just yeah things would just devolve very quickly because it's like if you don't have a plan for a series it's really hard to take something that is self-contained and you basically like in order to make a series you have to break it apart yeah, those that, that so feeling true. when you like watch a movie or something that you're like, that was so good, and then it's done, and then you hear there's another one, and you're like, please yes. no, I do not please need the Pirates of the, the Caribbean, Caribbean eleven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> the shade, we'll throw the shade. The first one is the perfect movie, and then yes. everything after that, it's like, why? Why does? <laughs> That's my favorite movie. Paris Caribbean like number one. You could even stretch it. Yes. Oh my God, you could even so stretch it to the three and be like, okay, now we're done. But it's then okay. what are you doing in there? It's a thing I don't remember. I don't yes, remember. Probably. I feel like there's like a million of them now. Now I'm like, no. Yeah. Too many. No, please stop. Oh my gosh, it is so true. This has always been my philosophy with both movies and books. And it's like if the if the story does not like you do as much as the story requires and then And then be done. Because it makes it powerful to be done because then like the like, oh I wanna know what's next. But if you tell them what's next when it wasn't needed, then it's like their imagination stops versus being like let them imagine how it would be. And that's like Yeah. And that kind of ties like not to bring it back to Star Wars again, Let's but do that it. is like a critique <laughs> of the sequel trilogy that I do agree with. And like me and my dad, like my dad is a huge Star Wars nerd. And so we like argued about it all the time because he was not a fan of the sequel trilogy. And it was like my life for a while. So <laughs> I love he was like, it just doesn't make sense that they would even try to do it because basically they just like messed up the happy ending in Return of the Jedi in order to make the sequel trilogy. And I'm like, I I think that they were able to go on to do like, or at least attempt to do like cool and nuanced things with that. But I also understand the criticism of yes. if you weren't planning more and I, and nobody come at me about like the extended universe and stuff. Okay. I read all the Jedi Academy books. Like I know that there's more. I am prepared for you. It will come before me. It will be a full blown attack. I know that there's like, it's huge. There's so much, but for like the core Skywalker stuff, Mm-hmm. yes you can always tell i feel like whenever things have been expanded without a plan yes and so i don't ever want to be that guy <laughs> <laughs> i will not do that to my books yeah i love that so much because i feel like i i've seen i, I totally get where you're coming from i have seen authors write trilogies that fall apart and i've seen trilo- or i've read other trilogies by authors that are the next book is just better and the next one is better and the next one is better. And yes. And it's so good. And I'm like, why is it that because some people are like, Oh, I don't know. Like, no, their books get better. And so the fact that you have a plan, I'm so happy that you do (laughs) because you know, it's just going to get better. You know what I mean? And I already love the, I I already loved it. No, this is good. It means that you're going to, it's going to be great. Well, like I have a plan. It remains to be seen if the plan is executed well. (laughs) Okay. But these words have literally come out of my mouth where Lynette and I've been talking and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this is going to happen. And like in Foxglove King two and three. And I was like, 
but I trust her. I really do. Thank you. <laughs> I, I hope to be worthy of your trust. I mean, so far you have never let me down. So. You, have not us yet. you have not failed us yet. No, but you Thank won't. You. It's going to be great. Because it's just like what you said. You had the idea from the get-go. It's not It's not going to fall apart. It's going to no, be okay. No. You are so good. You got this. You Thank got you. this. You what? The, like... No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, <laughs> I was just saying that the first draft of the second book has turned in. So, Whoa. you know, it's, it's Pop Mess Express, but it is, it does it's exist. It's turned in. Oh, it, exists. Exists. it exists. It exists. <laughs> it exists. Like the, the bones of it exist, at least. I anticipate doing very heavy revisions, but. It's got that, good bones. Yeah. I, I think so. Like literally it probably has bones in it because and I feel yes. like like I've been away <laughs> from it long enough now that like I already have notes on things so I'm like this doesn't work this doesn't work this doesn't work but I think I know how to fix it oh cool and so I'm like in that You're stage so of book cool. two and <laughs> no <laughs> I'm in the stage with book three where it's like I know the vibe <laughs> like I know Pinterest board going for book three. I've got like maybe two songs on a playlist. I got a playlist. Yeah, the the playlist is extensive. So like we we got that. And so kind of what would it take you for me to bribe you to share that playlist? I can do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It would take zero dollars. I can do that. The only reason the amount of dollars I have to offer. So that is excellent. I will. I'll I'll DM it to you guys. Like the only okay, reason that I don't have them public on my Spotify is because it's like the titles of the books, and so I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed oh, to like show people. Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> yes, smart. Like, that's that's nice. why they're private. And also, like, I don't have a Facebook, but I made a Spotify when I did, so my Spotify account is just like a string of numbers. So it's, <laughs> no one knows I it's love me. that. I think mine is like my <laughs> husband's name, maybe because we just yeah. So it's like, all oh, very well. secret. <laughs> it's totally not on purpose. Like. Just to, that's just how the cookie crumbled. Um, but the playlist <laughs> is extensive. The mood board is extensive. I know, like beginning, middle, and I know who's gonna die. So oh my gosh, you just saw that <laughs> grenade. You cruel mistress. Um, I am okay. 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 This is what I want to know. Now that we okay. have read book one and you know what's going on in book two and half uh-huh. um i want to know like what is your favorite part of writing this world Ooh, because i have I a very really... different tone from your duology yeah yes. we said that yeah, and yeah. that was on purpose um mm-hmm. and some of that was uh just confidence like feeling like mm-hmm. i could okay. feeling like i had learned how to do more and like mm, okay. having a lot of confidence in my editor of like knowing how to help me <laughs> um, right because, like, I, I feel like the biggest difference between the two as far as, like, managing the writing of them is that this trilogy just has such a larger cast. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Because, like, the, the books, like, there's a reason that a majority of For the Wolf takes place, like, in the woods with four people and no one is allowed to come in and out. And it's because I did not know how to do anything else. <laughs> so, Keep it. like... Keep it intimate. <laughs> I, was, I was very much, like, knowing myself and, like, staying in my lane you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like now I have more confidence to like attempt doing larger casts um and so that was a big change um wanting to do more like political stuff yeah was another change and that was probably like the most intimidating change oh I bet Um, yeah that took a lot of revision to just kind of map out and figure out how I wanted those dominoes to fall um 
the most interesting part of writing it was kind of hammering out how I wanted the religion to look. Um, mm. And like the little, especially like the tracks and like the little epigraphs at the beginning of all the chapters. Um, yes. I loved those. And I love like, those. I love them. My favorites were yes. the ones where I got to do footnotes. Yes. And yeah. It and looks so, just so immersive. It makes yes. it feel so Yeah. It felt felt like scriptures. (laughs) That was my editor's idea, and she's brilliant. And she was like, "What? How do you feel about doing these?" I was like, "I feel great about doing those. Thank you. Let's do that." (laughs) (laughs) So getting to do that, like, and what, like, that was the point of like wanting it to look very scriptural and Mm -hmm. um, kind of being able to map out like, here's what the religion looks like. Here's how, how they're applying it. Practice. Yeah. But here's also the places where that's like, it splinters off. Here's the places where it's like, we've kind of covered over this. And again, it was meant to be very much like an allegory to evangelical Christianity, particularly, but like, you know, religious extremism in general. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was the that was the most fun part. Um, cool, and also like all the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the clothes, which I didn't like, think I was love have fun with. Like, like as much as we love red wearing Eamon's shirt for like half the book, like they do dress up a little bit more. This one. <laughs> to do some more things, and I was intimidated by that at first. So, like, if I'm going to set this in a court, I'm going to have to talk about clothes. And literally, like the, the other books, it was like Neve is in like a torn to shit nightgown the entire time, yep. and Red just like doesn't have clothes, so she's wearing her tree husband's. She's like, so I don't this- need clothes. He's got a dress, and he's bigger than me. His shirts are my dresses. we're all having a good time i feel like that's a very realistic look at marriage too yep yep this is my husband's shirt right now (laughs) i love it because it's so often i'm like is it no okay this one's actually mine (laughs) it also is like that's the motherhood vibe is it's like i don't know what clothes i'm wearing i just know that i am clothed (laughs) like that's all you can ask of me I had to change right before we recorded because I was like, I cannot do like an hour in this sweater in this closet that has no, no air ventilation. We're not no. doing that. So let's that was a make smart move noise. on your part. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. then you start talking about well, then you start talking about steamy scenes, and then you're like, whoo, so hot in a sweater. Like, let's talk about it made my clothes. face get hot. No, yeah. Uh, can we jump into Can we jump into my favorite part, which is the romance, people? <laughs> the romance. Oh, yes, yes, we sure can. Speaking of steamy, okay. What? How? <laughs> just, just talk about the romance in this book because I love it so much. I love them so much. Like Hannah, who are you shipping? Uh, yeah. I can't tell you. Pause. Tell us. Everyone with common sense. <laughs> so my ship has sunk many times over. Oh um, man. Oh man. So I had a lot of fun with uh, it was definitely a different experience from writing like Red and Amen or even even Salt Mirror because like Red and Amen was very like wholesome oh it was so sweet they're like macaroni and cheese for my soul I love them so much and it's like so indicative of like the 
headspace that I was in while I was writing it because it was like I'm writing this needing like to comfort myself and so here it is (laughs) and then like Neve and Solmira was challenging myself to be like okay can you write a romance that isn't like just like a little harder sharper (laughs) yeah that that was that was that felt true to their characters yeah um it was true and so then this romance like again I knew if I was gonna do a love triangle I don't want to like show my hand too early um so I wanted it to be I I wanted like whatever faction you fall on I wanted you to have fodder for it so yeah like to leave us completely (laughs) ruined and melted at the end of the book where we're like I don't know what to do That was right. the plan, yes. Right. I'm like, okay, shirtless Gabe or freaking Bastion like in the boxing ring. I'm like, oh my both gosh. Are, like, my so hard. See that coming and um oh man. That did great things for me. Both for of the boxing ring scenes are probably my favorite. They like the first, because the first one is really hot with Bastion, but then the second one where Lore has to fight the girl and Bastion's like, aim for the kneecaps. That is also my favorite. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I forgot about those scenes. That makes me so happy. Those are my favorite. Oh my gosh. I was going Bastion. to bed last night. I was going to bed last night and I was like, I just think I need to read that really stressful makeout between Lore and Gabe before I sleep. And I did. And it was like, <laughs> I'm very yeah. proud of it. I'm very it's proud. beautiful. It's so great. It's so great. Well, I knew, I knew that Lore and Gabe were going to make the most sense to have kind of the most. They progression. were together all the time. Yeah. yeah, Cause they were together all the time. And I feel like they I have wanted... more to connect on right now, but yes, I kind of feel exactly. like it's going to shift. Yeah. <laughs> so what that um, means for book three, I don't know. <laughs> Tell us all my theories. Tell us all the things, Hannah. I'm very excited. So yeah, Gabe and Lore. Um, I, I I wanted it to be less like I didn't want it to be like we are falling in love and you are my one true love type thing like right. it was with Red and Ava and that like Lore is just like. I'd fuck you if you let me. <laughs> you're hot. You're hot. You're hot. You don't. Yeah. Uh, she's you're here for... a punk. Yeah, she's here for a good time, not a long time. And I, I did like. I feel like in Lore's head, like some of that was because he was a monk. Like it's like the unattainability. Yeah, is just what so... made him attractive to her mm. because she doesn't want. I kind of tell me tell me if this is wrong but I kind of feel like Lore likes that feeling of power and so the idea of getting him to like break for her would be very powerful feeling that's part of the attraction 100% yeah part of and then he doth he doth break almost (laughs) he breaks again where Gabe is like he like gets right to the line and then he pulls back yeah Yeah. I love how you described it of him wearing ill-fitted vows. I'm like, that's that's a great way to put it. That's exactly how he yes. feels. Where he's like, I don't want this, yeah. but I do, but I don't. No, I he's been told that he should want it, and he really, really wants to want it, but he doesn't. Yes. Because then yes. there was like his whole thing with like him and Ailey too. Is it's like, yes, there's obviously oh, the still a connection there. there. Yes. Yeah, and that's like I just wanted it to be extremely messy. <laughs> It was. Well, and when it's messy, it feels really human too. You know, yes. it, I feel like because love messy. isn't usually that straightforward. And I loved yeah. how 
confused I felt the full time I was reading, but it was the good kind of confused. It wasn't confused like what's happening in the world building. It was confused like I don't know what to do with my feelings because usually by this point I know who I'm shipping and um, (laughs) um, I'm like, it's Gabe, it's Gabe. And then it'd be like, oh my gosh, no, it's not because. Yeah, and then Gabe kind of broke away from that. (laughs) Like, you know, yeah, he does. Yes, he does. I make decisions. Like they both make decisions to change my mind and say things that change my mind until finally I was like, I give up. I'm not going to know until like 2025 or so. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't ask Lynette. I had to be like, please read quickly. (laughs) I just had to sit with this. That's how I feel. (laughs) That's why I was near the end of the feels. (laughs) Emma's like, look at me, my feelings. Like, how many is too many? Then, like, Bastion's chemistry <sighs> with anything with the pulse, really, but especially with, anyone. with, yeah, especially with Laura, just felt very natural. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I wanted it to feel at the, like, I wanted, the way that it starts with Bastion is, like, he is flirting just because that's what he does. Like, it's not necessarily that he, like, because he's, he's good he's really it. into it's lore. Like, he's bra- yeah. He's flirting because he's, he's breathing. Like, He's yep. flirting because he's breathing and because he's manipulative and that's how he gets what he wants half the time. Yep. And so like he yes. knows something is up from the very beginning because Laura is the only person who thinks of herself as a good spy. <laughs> 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 like there's a like, marked I am difference. Good at this and they're all like you're pretty bad. Like, <laughs> you keep thinking that honey but like, there's a there's a big difference between what she was doing for val and like what she's supposed to be doing in the citadel and you know yeah. like we we all here know that the reason she's in the citadel is not really to spy it's because anton wants to like do a weird ritual and he needs her there to do it so they're all like yeah sure you're a good spy <laughs> come on you're so good at this you just really good at this the dance just there good job and bash <laughs> is just like something is up and i'm gonna find out what it is and but then it like it, he goes from that to like being intrigued and then there's all of like the connection that lore like where lore feels like she knows both gabe and bastion I promise that is going somewhere and it's not just like thrown in there. <laughs> okay. As like an excuse. It's very clear that it's going somewhere and I have so many questions. But yeah, it's like, I, I just want to like, cause I know I've read like romance books before where it's like, we're going to put this in here so that it's like makes up for them feeling a connection very, very quickly without me having to explain things. So I'm like, no, I have a plan. There's a reason. No, it felt like, <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, I don't think she's going to answer in this book. And I'm no. never getting an ARC again. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, patience is another one. No, I will make sure that you get them. I was going to say, um, that's a lie. I will absolutely do an ARC of book two. Um, yes. If I, if I can. I will pay but you. Yes. I, I so deeply loved lore and like religious beliefs is one of my favorite things to like write and read. And I loved the, what was it? Not the, not the Saints of the King, the... So you had the the buried goddess and the bleeding, uh-huh. bleeding god. I loved. Yeah. And the fact that they were like a, a love story, but like a murder story at the same time. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, take my money. Take it all. <laughs> Give me more. So what? So Tell me what I'm missing here. And we, this is, we have theories. We have oh, yeah. theories Can and we, they're probably oh, all wrong. Uh, <laughs> I know. I want to ask about our theory thing that yes. Mikkel and I were texting all the time. Okay. Wait, okay. Mikkel, can I talk about this theory? Go, go, I, think, go. I think this is what you're talking about. Okay. With... The bleeding god, the buried goddess, 
it's almost like when when Bastion and Laura are like we have such an, a connection, and he has the connection with the light magic. I'm trying to yeah, say it like, correctly. Uh, spiritum. Yes, spiritum. It's Latin, and I am probably I have a Tennessee accent, so I'm probably not saying it correctly. <laughs> 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 well, whatever you say is just automatically like it's automatically canon. You are the canon, Hannah. <laughs> it's automatically canon. That's what I'm saying. People well, ask um, me how to pronounce like names. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Two years. <laughs> People will ask me about like how to pronounce names in my books. I'm like, pronounce it however the spirit moves you. I made it up. <laughs> oh my gosh, I adore you. Like, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Amen, amen, nev, nev. Ah, what do we do? <laughs> it's not gonna bother me when my audiobook how you want to say it i got the audiobook for throne and i'm like oh it's wilderwood excellent not wilderwood every time time i have to do pronunciation guides for audiobooks like my brain has such a hard time comprehending like you are the person who gets to say if it's right or not because i'll like do it and then i'm like does that sound right and they're like you You tell us please (laughs) you wrote it (laughs) that's amazing and you're like, I don't like it. Like, speaking of gods, you're like, I make the rules. <laughs> like, I'm the god I in do. this story. I am <laughs> powerful. <laughs> but then you set your own rules, and then you have to also abide by those, and that doesn't seem fair. And you're like, <laughs> oh, well, that's also now a prison. <laughs> Okay, Lynette, what was your what was your theory? No, you're fine. It's hilarious that Mikkel and I do this all the time. If you've been here on our podcast, you know that me and Mikkel are like, over here, over here is the best. And then we're like, what are we talking about? I love it. No, um, Bastion's got the spiritum light magic thing, and then she's got like the shadow death magic thing, and it's like they have this connection where they're like pulled towards each other, and we're like, okay, is this is this influenced by um the death goddess I, i'm quoting it totally wrong and and the bleeding yeah. god are they are they like possessing trying them to, or are they trying like, are they to come back? are they coming back are they vessels already, yes are they reincarnated i don't yes. know <laughs> exactly oh you're, you're in the story in this little trio <laughs> because you call him something in the book what was it i don't remember exactly but it's something like calling him temptation and i'm like are we doing an Adam and Eve serpent thing here? What's going on? Like, I don't what know. What's happening what here? Is... Oh, I'm my like, gosh. Who we'll find I should say, what is Gabe or who is Gabe? I don't know. But um... kind of, that's basically what book two is about. Okay, perfect. <sighs> Great. You're like, I'll answer some two. questions in book two, and then you just have to deal with them in book three. And I'm like, you fantastic you... torturous you like <laughs> like it's like your questions will be answered but at what cost <laughs> yeah. so are you sure true. you want them answered are you ready to deal with emotional pain let's see i'll just pull up my um my therapy bill and you know <laughs> i would accept it also, <laughs> like, also, i kind of feel like you know what maybe maybe it's the opposite maybe it's just like thank you for being my therapy even though you ruined it <laughs> It was therapeutic for me. Yeah. <laughs> to write it, I, I bet. That. Yeah. I can I see that. that. All right. Well, that's our theory. So we're excited to. So if, if you're listening with us, then we can see <laughs> Hannah's face. And Hannah's making these faces at us, and we're just laughing. We are interpreting. <laughs> like, what does that mean? So. Twice if we're right. I know. I, I don't can have see a poker face. Just panic laugh. Don't you know. <laughs> 
my poker face just like <laughs> stunning oh my gosh okay. i love it um who was i gotta ask a few things about just character writing yeah yeah yeah. who was the because well, Mikkel and i had a, like several questions i'm trying to think where we want to start like which character do you connect with the most which one was the hardest mm. to write and then which one was the funnest to write so like so yeah does that make sense yeah connection is hard because like Whereas with like Wilderwood, that was a very easy answer. Like it was Neve. Like Neve is who I connected with the most. With um, Lauren Gabe and Bastion, it feels very much like ego, super ego, and id. <laughs> it's like all of like <laughs> all the three facets of your brain. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's like I'm actually very, every like, one of these characters. <laughs> basically, it's just for different reasons little pieces of me in every single one of them wow um, and I guess that's true with like any character but still it's yeah. hard for me to like pick which one I identify with the most mm-hmm. it's um, just how you the, connect with them mm. yeah the one that I felt like I understand the most is lore mm-hmm. um and I think that's just because I spend the most time in her head and like you sense. know the the whole story is filtered through her right. so n- like f- knowing understanding like her motivations and stuff um is pretty easy now now making sure those make sense on the page not so easy that's what revisions are for right um she's the one that i understand the most by connect very deeply to all of them i love Um, that who is the hardest to write yeah hardest that fought back at you i feel like it's bastion did he fight with you (laughs) just didn't fight with me at all that's right (laughs) because you guys are just just i will exist on the page here I am. Like he literally, he just shows up and everything kind of like falls into place. Oh, he's you so did say that. I'm so easy. sorry. I was wrong. No, there. you're you're fine. <laughs> um, a game was hard sometimes. Mm. Um, was it harder because it was like more personal? It was hard because it was personal. It was hard because there was a very like specific sort of role he was there to fulfill. Mm. Um, so keeping I, I feel like. Yeah, that happens to me um, with any character that it's like, I need you to fulfill this narrative thing, but I you I also have a very strong sense of who you are. And so, like, mm-hmm. making those two things kind of meet in the middle. Right. Yeah. Can be difficult sometimes. Um, and things, like, mostly fell together with him, but I feel like he was the character that I was most often, like, revising kind of his emotional beats. Mm. Not necessarily his dialogue, but, like the way that I wanted his dialogue to come across. Yeah. And like how he, how he was reacting to others. Right. Um, That kind of, that took uh, some thought sometimes. Like, yeah. Like how that would filter through his worldview. I see. Um, So funnest to write. Was it Bastion? Bastion was super fun to write, but I had a blast writing Malcolm. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's He kind of came in out of nowhere and, like, became a very, like, prominent character, especially, like, for later books. Like, he's, like, very important to the trilogy as a whole, um, cool. which I didn't really anticipate. Uh, oh, okay. That gives but... me questions. I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. He snuck so in there. He... What does that mean? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I I made, like, a decision between, like, whenever I, like, pitched and sold the book, 
there was like, I was going to do something one way. And then I ended up changing my mind and like, it didn't change the way the trilogy goes. It was just like a detail that changed. Mm. Um, and he was like one of the reasons that I made that decision just because I wanted him to have more to do. Right. Cause I liked him so much. Yeah. I like, so, I like you come in here. Yeah. So he was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, like, just cause he, like, he's such a, theology nerd and he's like yes i will tell you everything about i like making everyone wear their gloves like you heresy with books let's do it (laughs) i love doing heresy with books (laughs) you know he's like don't touch that don't just throw that book on there i don't care what you're here for put on your gloves i feel like in the modern world malcolm bastion would show up and malcolm would be like you have cheeto dust on your fingers or something like yes. that he would be like get off of my books exactly could you get your doritos 100%. away from here. oh my god yeah bastion is a dorito boy that's, that's I, love I love him i want to put that on a mug so he's like eating doritos and drinking code red at midnight like playing video games whatever he's supposed to be doing literally yep. anything else yep probably like in somebody's lap at the same time yes correct <laughs> all seven of his boyfriends I, yep yep <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Those were, I think those are our character. Just, I love, we love getting in your head about characters because you write them so well and we love all of them for different reasons. We love all of them strongly for different reasons. So that's so fun. And I, I feel like, I don't know how to really articulate this well. I feel like sometimes when I'm reading a book, it, this is, I'm not trying to throw shade here. I feel like it's going to an accident. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) sometimes when I get into a book even if I like it it kind of feels like the same of the like if it's a female main character it feels like another one of the same shape of the and even if it's Mm -hmm. someone who I like where I'm like okay you you feel similar to me to this other person here and and that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily bad because I can like both of them but I don't know how to describe why lore felt so fresh to me but she did. She felt, Thank I you. felt, I, I'm going to struggle Jeez, with the words yeah. until I find them and I'll send them to you because I can't <laughs> explain. I've been working on it for like two months. I've been trying to figure out how to describe why I loved her voice so much. And like, I didn't even notice that I didn't have points of view from the other people because of how clear her, her voice was, her oh, voice was you. in them experiencing it. It's, it's, you. <laughs> it is hard to put into words, but she is so strong. Her not even as a character, but like the way she comes through on the page felt so real that it sucked me in. Like I said, I was like, I'm going to read this in like a couple of weeks. And then I read it in like 72 hours because I just <laughs> didn't want to put her down. And I feel like so often, like when I get pulled into a story, I'm like, you'll, you're almost getting pulled into the, like, which love interests are we invested in, in this? But I'm yeah, like, right. equally, all three, whichever one is talking, including <laughs> lore. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're all my favorite character. I love yeah, all of you. A little girl, you know, Thank you so girl much. Yeah. And what I yeah. love, I, yeah. add, you know, I gotta add to what Mikkel said, like, Lore's strength is different from the typical female main character we see in a lot of books. Not saying that those are bad, because yeah. I love I love them all for what they bring to the table, but her her strength was different, but it's hard to describe, like Mikkel was saying. There's, there's different types of strength, and so seeing that fresh new in a way that 
she felt very complex, but yes. the complexity was needed. It wasn't like I'm making my character complicated. Yes, it was, it was no. her reason. You <laughs> <laughs> had a reason. It wasn't just for kicks and giggles. Like, yeah, yeah her complexity and her depth felt very organic and very easy to get invested to invested yes, into. Thank you. I am oh. very happy to hear that. Thing. Good job. Fresh, yes, you should be. I'm so excited for people to meet her. Mm. Yes, and see what they. Yeah, it's so um, good. So quick question on this. Is book two yeah. also single POV or do we get anyone else's point of view? Book two is also single POV, but book okay. three is going to have at least three, possibly four. You're like, which... um, ba- ga- babe, <laughs> Gabe Bastion. <laughs> babe. Yeah, that's the couple name. The the epilogue of book two has multiple points of view. Okay. Mm. I love that. Oh, okay. I love that. I love that. I have one. I like, am I can't audiobook more. caster's nightmare because I keep doing this where I like <laughs> write the first book as one point of view and then split off as they keep going. And it's like, do we cast <laughs> multiple people? Do we keep it with the one? I'm like, I'm sorry. I keep doing this to you. <laughs> I'm going to need like three and then I'm going to need like seven. And then I love it. Well, you I always it. default to one. Like, right. it never... It, the first book in a series that never occurs to me to do multiple points of view like that's not and then later you're like oh I need and it later it's, yeah later it's like okay well if everybody's like if we're gonna have Everyone's people in different in places there have to be other points of view <laughs> right oh there's like no one is places. here you're like Lord does not exist in this scene over here and it's kind of important so we're just gonna yeah, but we're we gonna give to that scene to Malcolm it. or something <laughs> yeah but there will certainly be multiple points of view coming okay um, and, you know, like I say this as I've turned in the first draft, I might get my edit letter back where she's like, we need to add at least two more points of view. And I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> okay. We'll like, see. Actually, I, there are four. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that stresses that. me out just to think about okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> Send you good vibes. Send you good vibes. It's going to be fine. <laughs> okay. I know we're, we're kind of running out of time, but I want to know, after this series, do you know what you're working on, like... Ne- or, or like what's kind of in the future of you're like I would love to work on that as like a next project or eventually yeah. even if it's tabled on the back burner right now yeah just I, I certainly like I haven't sold anything after it yet I don't have like anything mm-hmm. under contract but I do have like some stuff kind of in the pipeline I am mm-hmm. um currently working on revising a horror novel oh that is like um it's like ready or not meets Cthulhu like the movie ready or not Okay. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. Um, even if you don't really like straight up horror movies, it's more like a dark suspense? comedy. Yeah, it's like a like a suspense thriller. dark comedy with like a lot of gore. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so there is that. But we have homework. Yeah, it like it doesn't it doesn't take itself super seriously, which I really appreciate, but it's very, very good. Like I love that movie. Um and so I wanted to like write something that kind of had that vibe. So that's what I'm working on now. Um is that a fantasy was, world or in our world? It's it's our world. Okay, so that would be different. So, wow. Yeah, so it's like contemporary fantasy horror, I guess. Because <laughs> there's going to be some kind of supernatural in there. Right. Yeah, so it's, there's like cults and stuff. Um, and like a hot older brother, you know, like 
You're like, we haven't done that trope yet. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> lean into <laughs> it. We've done literally the hot, like, one-eyed monk, but <laughs> literally every idea I have is just like, what sort of like hotness trope can I use this time? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so this I'm is why I love your book. This is, this is right why now. I love you because I absolutely <laughs> understand you. that. You're like, okay, like how can, writing is supposed to be fun. So you're like, how it's can I make this extremely fun for me? <laughs> yes. That is my philosophy for all of it is like if I'm not having fun nobody else is either exactly so like I'm not I'm not ever trying to like reinvent the wheel like <laughs> it it is what it is I'm here for a good time and that's, like yes. if if I like it and my readers like it that's that's all I'm going for but I'm never going to write something that I'm not having a blast working on because what's the I point? can't imagine doing that the hours that no. go into it oh my gosh you better oh be gosh. having a good time. <laughs> no, yeah, it's there's it is there's too much brain that goes into it for it not to be something that you are like getting dopamine from. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yes, working on that right now. Um, and then I guess we'll go out on submission with it. Uh, it was a novella, but now that I'm revising it, it's like turning into just like regular short novel length. Mm, okay. Which still feels like a vacation to me because I'm used to writing like 150 <laughs> word books. And I'm like, you mean you can write a 60,000 word book? What is this? <laughs> it's a cake. So, <laughs> so that's fun. So and that would be a standalone? That. Yes, it would. Um, that's fun. You know, too. so we'll, we'll send the vibes out that maybe that will like become a real book one day. Um, but I do have an idea for like. I want to do like a smutty fantasy romance next. <laughs> like, okay, okay. Give us some more details. <laughs> and there, there is more of that coming like later on in Nightshade Crown books, but it's oh, still not like. There is too much chemistry in book one for there to not be. Yeah, you like don't do anything worry. I'm not letting, I'm not going to let you down. Like there will be more and it is more than there was in Throne. So. The chokehold you have that. on me with book one, and it was like so little in book one. I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. I need to read this in a bathtub or something. Very <laughs> so that is coming. But I want to like do, uh, like I grew up reading like the C.L. Wilson, like Taryn Soul books. I don't know if y'all have read those I don't think or I know like those. are familiar with them at all. It was very those. much like the fantasy romance like has like the bright like unicorn colored covers like oh, very right. like cheesy but yes. it was love it was what was there at the time and I kind of want to do something that's like a little bit of an homage to that oh my gosh <laughs> just like I that. Love that we're to do like a straight up like smutty fantasy arranged On marriage romance maybe <laughs> unicorns. I don't know yet <laughs> So I'm like, we always said like, whatever you write we, we will read <laughs> whatever yeah, really, yeah. we will so read that's like write. <laughs> turning over in my brain right now and I think that's I'm gonna hopefully work on a proposal for it in the new year and hopefully that'll be like my next fantasy book and then I have an idea for like a contemporary like fairy book like oh. Holly Black does, but like in the adult sphere. Oh, yeah. That is actually yes. like the thing that I have always wanted to write. Like whenever oh, I gosh. first started trying to write books, that was the kind of thing that I was trying to write. And I just could never, I could never make it do what I wanted it to do. So now yeah. I'm like, maybe I can now. Yeah, so, you got the, oh my gosh, yes. yes. Holly's yeah, so, out. I'm like watching it happen on her face. <laughs> I support 
like that so much. Ah, I just yes. was obsessed with like Tithe and Valiant and Ironside, like Hollywood's right. like original modern fairy tales whenever I was in high school. Like Tithe was the book that I read and was like, this is what I want to, to do. Like I do. want this wow. vibe. And I could just never quite, I could never quite make what I wanted to happen happen. Right. So now that I've been thinking about it for, you know, like two decades, <laughs> maybe, maybe I can now. Maybe it's like, time maybe now. now. It is time. It is time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Cuddling <laughs> in the back, getting ready, aging yeah. like so all of those are like speculative way far in the future, but that's kind of like what you're thinking the map I have made for myself yeah we oh. are so excited for whatever you decide to do because we you. love your stuff and your future is so bright it's so you, oh, you. we are so excited July afternoon sunny day <laughs> things getting oh. late <laughs> oh my gosh I just Thank you guys so much I this I'm like so nice. I'm like, we should probably let her go, but also can we trick her into staying here until midnight? Like, <laughs> maybe not midnight, but <laughs> you're like, ah. But we just love, we just love chatting with you. You're so fun to so talk to. So much fun. Thank so you guys fun. so much. Oh my yes. gosh. Thank you for coming on. This has been, yeah. this is going to be a highlight. Like for a month. A I know. Time. Well, I was like, Christmas, Hannah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> see, you decorate, now you need to decorate your house for Hannah Wynn. Like, put up like wolf and throne and nightshade everywhere. We do need this. some wolf. <laughs> though, you have kids. <laughs> you just like come dre- like come to breakfast every morning in like the the bridal like red bridal cloak. cloak. And your husband's like, but 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 why? Because Christmas? No, not because not? Christmas. <laughs> but why not, honey? <laughs> Roll with it. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Oh if my somebody gosh. made a bathrobe that looked like Red's Bridal Folk, I would buy 15. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Y'all have homework now. You're listening to this? If anyone who throw. can sew things is listening to me. Yes. Who's our brilliant like, seamstress? I just wear that around the house. Like, what are those really soft, fuzzy ones? Not the ones that are like a towel, but the ones that you could like no. live in all day. Yeah. And, and I would. Red with the <laughs> <I> gold. <laughs> like, that would be incredible. Oh my I gosh. would be that person at the grocery store. Yes. <laughs> Because it's clothes, and you can't. That's like the that's best all you can ask of me right that's now. That's all you can ask as a mom, exactly. Yeah. Oh Amazing. my gosh. Okay, well, we have every confidence that you guys are going to absolutely be obsessed with the Fox Glove King. We loved it so much. This we was did. so. And much. I, I haven't been into a court fantasy in a while, and I was so deep into this one. Like it's it was so refreshing. And Thank I. You. I I messaged Lynette this that I was like, this book is so different from um, from Wolf and Throne, and it feels so Hannah, and I can't say why. But <laughs> yes, it, it's I'm so like, Hannah, but it's different. As to how to yes. put that? Because I write better than I talk. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> don't have the words. <laughs> it takes a lot of revision. <laughs> Can we revise what I just said? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. go back and me every day of my life and also like writing emails that it's like I promise I know how grammar works kind of but you're like <laughs> but I can't guarantee that you're gonna get the full edited version yes, of it no. you're getting draft one and that's what I can show this up is today. one sentence that goes on for a paragraph and we all just have to deal with it thank you <laughs> but, but no if it, you, it so felt yeah. like you Yes, it did. If you liked, if you liked um, For the Wolf and For the Throne, we really think you'll like this one, not because Yay. it's the same, but because it's got, it's got the signature Hannah flavor while being <laughs> something different. You, we really think that you'll enjoy this one. We loved it. Like, 
respectfully, I kind of see you as like a witch with words where I'm like, I don't know how you did that, but you respectfully. Thank you. <laughs> where I'm like, that was, that was spellbinding. And I feel like that is yes, the it where it's, yes. it, it's the you. same, different colors, same magic, different, the different magic flavor. Same poison. I don't know. (laughs) Same poison that you want to keep drinking. It's so great. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You guys go flood Hannah with love. And we're planning on sending this out when her book is coming out. So um, go read the Fox Looking if you didn't already. Yes. And it is in all the places with the books. (laughs) It is. I love seeing. I love seeing. For the wolf, for the throne in the wild. I can't wait to see Fox it's Looking. It's so weird. It's just like, ha! That's my book! <laughs> that's my book! Well, it's, like, it's kind of a joke there sometimes. <laughs> oh, oh, that's my book. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's amazing. You're delightful. Thanks for coming to talk to us tonight. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, goodbye, guys. Bye, Bye. friends! <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Storyhook today. Talking about books with each other and with you guys truly brings us so much joy. We hope that you chase your happy today. We hope you find something good to read and we'll catch you on the next episode.